It's time for your weekly dose of nostalgia with the 80s and 90s Uncensored. I am Milo Tennyson. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're going to talk about Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Oh, no. Oh, no you said it. Oh. I did it. Man. <laughs> You're screwed now. We are. Jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Beetlejuice came out in 1982. When is it? 1988. 88. There we go. I started to say- no, I started about. I started to say 89 actually and I was like, no. Well, it's 1988. 88. It's a Tim Burton, Tim Burton's movie, mm-hmm. Beetlejuice, which for me it's so it's October, presumably. Yeah. Or it's yeah. getting there. Mm-hmm. And this is something I watch every Halloween time. It's October when this episode will air. How about that? Yeah, yeah. And so this is on this is on my Halloween playlist for sure. It's kind of it's this brilliant Tim Burton horror comedy that I just love. I love it, dude. Yeah. So it was written by multiple people, but I think Michael McDowell McDowell was the primary writer on this. And it actually started off as a bit more of a serious film. And when he was shopping it around, it uh, didn't really kind of get picked up until Tim Burton and uh, Giffen, David Giffen. It was David Githen. The producer got involved and they basically decided to make it a bit more lighthearted and not quite as serious. Uh, They brought in Michael Keaton and uh, we got what we got, which was kind of a lighthearted, but a bit serious moments. It's strange. It's a horror comedy. I think it's a comedy horror more than anything because it's pretty funny. Yeah. And you mentioned they brought on Michael Keaton, who along with everybody except for Gina Davis, who signed on immediately, like Tim Burton had to go around and beg all the actors to do his movie because they're like, dude, I read the script and this is weird and you're weird and I'm not going to do this weird movie. And he had to go meet with them, like get, beg it, beg their agents to go meet and like convince and pitch it to them, which is good because it turned out to be great. Yeah, <laughs> apparently he wasn't 100% sold on Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton definitely wasn't sold on him. And then when they met, they're like, oh yeah, this is going to work. We got the right vibe and it paid off. It totally did. And and well, Tim Burton originally wanted Sammy Davis Jr. to be more like a voodoo, more of a voodoo guy or something. But um, the studio wasn't down for that. So he wanted Michael Keaton, who, who didn't dig it, but they met. And Michael Keaton says, this is um, from what I read, this is his favorite film ever. And I can imagine why, because... 90% of his stuff was ad-libbed. Like they just let him kind of <laughs> do, do stuff. Yeah. 90% of it was just ad-libbed. And, and, and he also had a, uh, Michael Keaton had a lot of input into the, the character. So the, even the makeup and the clothes he wore, Michael Keaton had a lot of freedom for that. And it's interesting because this is named after that character, but Beetlejuice doesn't show up until like 25 minutes into the movie. And he only has a bit less than 15 minutes of actual screen time in the whole film. It only took Michael Keaton two weeks to do the whole thing for him. So he's just having a good time ad-libbing, giving creative, you know, consultation to his own character. And he's just goofing around for two weeks and spadoosh. (laughs) (laughs) And his name's at the top of the poster, movie poster as well. It is. It's like, Michael Keaton in Beetlejuice for 15 minutes, left under 15 minutes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it also stars Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, and um, uh, a few other people, Winona Ryder, Jeffrey Jones, 
and unlike <laughs> and so unlike Michael Keaton, um, the guy who played Adam, Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, uh, he actually I read he hated this movie and he hates his performance in it. <laughs> what's up with that, Alec? This oh. is great. What do you what's up with that, man? Come on. This is you were great, man. We love you. Yeah, it's a good film. It's funny with Alec Baldwin because you watch this now and he looks very different from how he looked back in the 80s and even early 90s. You're like, wow, because he's gotten seems like he's gotten quite a bit bigger and just kind of the look of him is very different from how he looked back then. He looks kind of like maybe a nice guy, which he kind of doesn't in a lot of his films. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe he looks pretty like in shape or whatever, kind of thin. Mm hmm. He doesn't yeah, look cool. like he does in his other movies for whatever reason. And uh, we that's why he hates it. <laughs> it could be. He's like, I look like a little weasel with my glasses. I look like a little bitch. <laughs> yeah. Pushed around a lot in this film. It sucks. Uh, Winona Ryder, this is basically her breakout performance. It was only, I believe, her third film that she did at this point in time. She was 17 years old when she played the wow, part. She, she looks younger than that. Well, that's it. They wanted somebody younger. And, but then when they met Winona Ryder, they're like, okay, yeah, she looks even younger. So perfect. We'll cast her. Yeah, I guess they liked her performance in that movie called Lucas. Mm. Um, so they kind of picked her up. Yeah, good call on that. Yeah, and she she was great. She's got that very goth girl thing going on. It's It works. She's great. Should we recap the plot for anyone who hasn't seen it? Yeah, I guess, because there might be two people listening who've never heard of this yeah so we're, gonna, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna convince you to go watch this if you have not seen it okay go jamie so uh adam and barbara they're country people in new england and they have this really nice country house and everything's great for them and you know they have a real estate agent keeps trying to want them to sell the house to like rich new york city people but they don't want to do it yeah, one day they're driving around and they, you know, they're they stop for a dog on a bridge and end up crashing into the river. And then they find out that nobody can see them because they're ghosts. They died in that river and they're ghosts. So they find a handbook, the recently deceased handbook, and they 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 go to Juno, their caseworker in the afterworld, which is full of bureaucracy and it sucks just as much as normal life. <laughs> <laughs> which I, I thought was awesome. Like, Oh, the afterlife is so great. No, it's full of bureaucracy and like snarky admins. And it's like, it sucks just as bad as real life. Then they come back after kind of getting some instruction. They find out that these yuppie deetses, these yuppie artsy city people move into their house and they start turning into this yuppie hell zone. So it's almost like the deetses are haunting this ghost house house not the other way around so they're trying to scare they're trying to scare the deets away but it's not they don't see them or anything but the little girl sees them because she's kind of dark you know Winona Ryder's character um she's kind of dark she sees them she befriends them but they really want to get these people out of their house so they hire this poltergeist called Beetlejuice to to go scare the Dietzes away, but turns out he is not really on anybody's side. He's just a force of chaos and he causes all kinds of trouble. And then they got to deal with him. Um, so it's like, how do we get these people out of our house? How do we deal with this terrible poltergeist? 
how do we navigate the dead afterlife, which is just as bureaucratic as <laughs> the living life. Um, and they got to, they got to deal with this and it's great. It's, that's kind of, a, I won't give the ending away because if you didn't see this, you you're, I don't know where you've been or what you've been doing, but go do it. I don't know what's up with you, but go see it now immediately. Come on people. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. It's, the thing about this film too is due to the fact that it was made in 1989 it had 88 all the, 88 no oh, I keep thinking 89 anyway Batman was, Tim Burton's that's, Batman yeah. that's what you're thinking about and another Michael this Keaton is, Tim Burton collaboration cuz yeah. they're like we work together so well let's do yeah, Batman together that's, that's right <laughs> yeah so in 88 it's practic all practical effects and stop motion which is one of the big reasons why I love this film because all of those, you can tell they're cheesy stop motion practical effects, but it works for the cheesiness of the film. If they were to do this nowadays, when we'll get into that, if they were to do this nowadays, of course, it'd all be CGI and it wouldn't look nearly as cool and it wouldn't look nearly as fun. And I think that's why it works because there's a lot of adult themes in this and a lot of adult references. But the fact that it's got the jokes and the stop motion and stuff, that still makes it accessible to a younger people, which is why it's a great Halloween film that adults and kids can watch together. Yeah, and it was kind of forced because this was not a very big budget movie. Actually, this this didn't have a very big budget. The special effects for the entire film only had a million bucks, which sounds like a lot to us. But for a movie with that are heavy on special effects, even in 1988, that's not that's not a whole lot. So Tim Burton it had to he, he's like, hey, if we don't have a lot of money, let's just make it B movie cheese stuff that I like to do. Let's just roll with that 100 percent stop motion cheese B movie ball. And that's why I think it works, man, because look, I think some of the best films were the ones that that just didn't have very high budgets. Be and then they had to be creative. And this is one of those because the the goofy, cheesy B-movie effects are brilliant. Yeah, it's why Star Wars A New Hope is great and the prequels suck because they went from practical <laughs> effects to CGI effects. Well, and they gave – he went from not having a whole lot of money, George Lucas, to having like – unlimited funds you see what happens yeah so tim i think tim burton and this is why hollywood kept giving him films because after peewee's big adventure they're like this guy can do a lot with a little this, you give this guy a very medium kind of mediocre budget and he can come up with something that's why that's why tim burton started getting really popular in hollywood among the studios he could take something small and make it big and and make them a lot of money the budget for this was fifteen million. The worldwide gross was seventy-four million. So it made back its money and then some. Yeah, Tim Burton makes some money. Freaking weirdo, full of dough, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why they keep giving Tim Burton movies, and that's why he keeps great making great films. Yeah, in fact, this was the first Tim Burton movie to get a Academy Award, best makeup. So that's kind of cool. Was, that so, was right, right? Makeup or special costume. Special effects. Hold on. <laughs> I no, don't I know. Right. I just don't. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was right. Makeup, Best right? makeup. Yep. Best yeah. makeup. Which, um, so that, if you if cool. you watch some of the scenes too, like all the, the the other ghosts and stuff, when they go into the nether worlds there, and there's the other ghosts in there. Uh, Beetlejuice, obviously his makeup. So they do a really good job with the makeup in this film for 
like you said, not a lot of money. And even some of the, the, the strange ghosts, like the shrunken head dude and the ghost girl who's like in half and he's sitting, sitting on either side of Beetlejuice. And they did a lot of great makeup. And, and it's got that funky music, kind of that Tim Burton-esque funky, funky music with Danny Elfman's kind of stuff. Yeah, as his stuff usually is. It, it It's funny if you look at like the if you think about it, too, th- that's where a lot of like the some of the adult stuff comes in, because if you look at all the people that died, some of them died by pretty graphic reasons, like the girl that was chopped in half. That's got to be a graphic death. Uh, uh-huh. There's the guy that shows up at some point and he got driven over or something like that. <laughs> he's flat with the, with the tire he's marks flat. and he's yeah. and he's hanging. He's hanging like on a wire, <laughs> like drying out. <laughs> yeah. And I think the lore with Beetlejuice himself is that he died by suicide or by hanging himself or something like that. That's how he died. Is yeah, right? I don't know. According to Tim Burton, I, I so I don't think he actually I think maybe he's not a dead guy ghost. I think maybe he's kind of just some supernatural force of nature. Hmm. Tim Burton told Michael Keaton, hey, your your poltergeist, your your guy, he's lived in every time period, but he's lived in no time period and like getting all weird and <laughs> real philosophical. But that's why um, Michael Keaton had different suits and stuff because – I, I see, I, and I don't know this for sure, but what I think is, I think that Beetlejuice was not a human ghost. I think maybe he's he's just some kind of chaos demon. Um, and even he's named after the star, Beetlegeist, mm. and they called it Beetlejuice because it sounds more fun, so they changed the name. But then they explained that by saying, "Hey, he misspells his name, so he he doesn't, so people don't say it three times just trying to pronounce it." unless he like tells them how it's actually pronounced in like the TV commercial. Right. There's a whole lore with Beetlejuice, man, that I, I think he's, I think he's a chaos demon from, from Beetlegeist from freaking outer space. That makes sense. Yeah. Did did you ever watch the cartoon? Yeah. Yeah. They cut a cartoon to come out a year later and the cartoon was interesting because he was just kind of this weird, you know, Beetlejuice guy, but he was friends with Lydia, the girl, and they kind of go do their thing. And that it was just the two of them kind of going on adventures or whatever. It was okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching it, but I don't remember getting into it for some reason, but it was 89. I think I was probably starting to get too old for or for cartoons then or certain cartoons. You know, that could be it. Probably. I yeah. feel like the we, cartoon we, was, yeah, aged towards a younger audience. Yeah. I think we were more into like getting into Batman and X-Men maybe. Yeah. Stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, this is uh, another piece of trivia for you. So PG-13 was still kind of new because PG-13 was implemented in 1984. Um, So they still had F-bombs in PG (laughs) movies. So this is along with, um, there's, this is the fourth of, of, there's three other movies like this, Spaceballs, Big, and Caddyshack 2, where they drop the F-bomb in a rated PG movie. So when he kicks the tree over and he says, nice fucking model, Hong Kong, and he grabs his nuts. <laughs> that was PG. <laughs> I, can't, I don't know how this got PG, dude. I don't. No, this no, is, no major blood and no. I don't think they knew what PG-13 really was in 1988. They're like, well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. F-bomb, maybe 
lot of dead people, but they're kind of silly. I guess it's PG. I think nowadays they'd make this a PG-13 movie. I think definitely it would now, but back then it was probably, yeah, harder to tell. I don't know. Yeah, like, what, like, I don't like know what the rule balls. is around amount of like F-bombs that you can drop. So I, I heard that you could, well, it's not a hard rule, but I heard you can drop like one in a PG-13 mm. movie. If you drop two, then, then then you start getting into our territory. But back in 1988, they're like, well, I, I don't know. He said it's it once. Motion. Come on. <laughs> it's got stop bad. motion. It's like peewee, but kind yeah. of scarier. It's all. <laughs> it's all right. It's fine. Should we get into Beetlejuice 2 that is coming out? <sighs> I know what you're thinking because I know we both agree that these reboots and sequels and all this kind of stuff generally suck. However, it might be good, and I'll tell you why. One, Tim Burton's directing it. Michael Keaton is reprising his role. Winona Ryder is reprising her role. So it's a proper sequel. I watched the trailer for it today. However, it does look like they're going a bit darker and a bit more CGI from the trailer, from what I can tell. It's also got Jenna Ortega in it because she's super popular now because of Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, so it might be good. I don't. It's hard to say. Tim Burton it gives me hope that it might not suck, but um, but it's going to be hard to know because it's a sequel. And yeah, and Tim Burton, you know, in the eighties and even going into the nineties, he 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 was bankable and reliable. Like all everything he came out with was freaking good. But I think sometime, I don't know which movie it was, but he's hit and miss now. Yeah, he's starting to get more random. And I, I, Wednesday, I actually liked it. Me too. I, I thought it was funny. It was something I could watch with my my son. It's a teen, it's a teen mystery thing, but it's something adults. I, so I, I, I liked it. it, and it's rare I like stuff nowadays. Mm -hmm. So maybe, I, I don't know. We'll see, man. I, I, if it's a sequel, it's a sequel. It's a proper sequel. It could be okay. Like I even liked the Bill and Ted third one. I, it wasn't great, but it was fun. Um, and it was in during COVID. We just needed that in our lives. So I guess I, how about this? I'll give it, I'll give it, I'll, I'll keep an open mind. What, what do you think? Are you going to keep an open mind about it? That's my plan is I'm going to keep an open mind about it because it's got the right people involved. So hopefully they'll stay true to the original while not overly CGIing it and not making it too dark. That's my problem with it is if they make it too dark. For, you if know, it's how, rated R, I'm I'm not watching it because yeah, I'm so fair. sick of Hollywood taking stuff and making it rated R. Oh, we're just edgy and gritty. Oh, look at Star Trek. We got you know violence and sex and cussing and rape and vaping and drugs. Because oh, we're no, I don't want that. People don't ask for that. I don't know who's asking for any of that. If if you make it a rated R Beetlejuice, you're gonna lose me. If if you don't have the if you don't have the creativity to make a PG-13 Beetlejuice sequel and you have to make it rated R, that means you've already failed. So Hollywood, if you've made it rated R, you've already failed. And I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the rating is. I don't know if it's been rated yet or what. And I don't know why 
you got to do CGI. You could, if you really want to impress people, you could just go full. I know it's expensive and time consuming, but you could just go full blown, like get some, get an army of people, get Artman Studios or something. Artman, how do you call it with the ones that do Wallace and Gromit and just do a lot of stop motion stuff and really impress the shit out of everybody. Yeah, and it you, would you stay would totally true. Would. It would still be in that same believable sequel then too, because the effects then were the stop motion. So if you see something yeah. now and it's the same type of stop motion, you're like, okay, I believe that this is a direct sequel. If you CGI the hell out of it, you're like, well, then this is basically just another movie with the same people older. Yeah. So you, Hollywood, you would impress the hell out of us and everyone if you actually just stop motion the hell out of a Beetlejuice sequel. And made it not rated R. Yeah. yeah. If you want to make it a little darker, fine, but not rated R. And and you actually use real stop motion. Spend the time, spend the effort into it. Yeah. Don't rush it. Do it right. Jeffrey Jones for sure won't be in it. Did you know he got, he's a registered sex offender now? What? I yeah. didn't know that. Jeffrey Jones, he got caught uh, with child porn and actually taking a little boy and like, you know, dressing him up in little cowboy outfits and basically taking n nude pictures of him and so like in like in in real life in real because life he, he looks he's the kind of actor that you hire to, to play that kind of guy <laughs> yeah right because yeah. he's a creepy looking dude right he looks like you'd hire him to be a creepy pedo to play <laughs> yeah. one on t like on a in a movie mm -hmm. but i didn't know he's at, i didn't he's so he but he actually is one like he in actually real life? is one in real life. He got busted and apparently legitimately is like a kind of a perv taking into uh, pictures of underage kids. Yeah. Wow. No wonder he looks so creepy in the movies because he actually is. Because he actually <laughs> is. Yeah. He's not playing a character. He is that character. Oh wow! And and then he was arrested for failing to update his his sex offender status. Yeah, he moved. Uh, I think to Florida or something like that. I don't remember where he moved to. And as a sex offender, you're supposed to register. Yeah, you got to register where you ever you move to. Yeah, and he didn't register, so he got busted again. Well, this was some time ago, though. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised. I just heard I'm, about it I, recently. I never heard about this. Is something I think I would have heard about. I didn't know Jeffrey Jones was a total pedo. But nope. this happened like he got arrested, like he got arrested for failing like 10 to, years ago like or something like that. You know, no, in 2004. Yeah. Yeah. Almost 10, 20 years ago. 20 years ago. <laughs> Hired a 14 year old boy to pose for sexually explicit photos and register. Yeah. So. Wow. So he's a creepy. He he is as creepy as he looks. Holy yep. shit balls. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I didn't know that. I didn't either until recently. Yeah, I just learned that. See a the things days we ago. learn. Like I, I, there are things like as much as I think I know, mm. there are some things I just never knew. Yeah. Well, we'll give it a shot, man. He, well, he won't be in it. He won't. That'd be, be funny it. if they hired him, though. <laughs> just tell, like, if you want to make it dark, just hire the Jeffrey Jones and have him as like a him, pedo. Like, <laughs> hire him to be like play. Like he's the dad, but he's estranged from his family for being a pedo. Yeah. And, and he's actually a pedo in real life. He's trying to reconnect <laughs> and they're like, no, you no. tried to like pedo all over us and uh, sexually. Yeah. What? So he's a monster in real yeah, life. In real life. And he looks like a pedo in real life and he totally <laughs> is one. Okay. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Anything else I should know? Shoot, man. No, that's, that's <laughs> I'm so my, surprised. That's my piece of tre creepy trivia.
I got all this kind of wholesome trivia, and then you come out with the, oh, you know what happened to Jeffrey Jones? <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I researched. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess we should wrap it up then. Well, listeners, if you have something you want to say about Beetlejuice, let us know. Visit our website, the80sand90s.com. Hit that contact us link and shoot us a message. And we might respond to it if we like it. Yeah, you can comment. They can comment too on wherever they're listening right now. Most podcast players have comments. And our podcast page on the80sand90s.com, it has comments too. And we read that stuff, man. So if you have a comment, you want to make comment the heck out of it, we'll respond. Yeah, yeah. And with that, folks, we're out of here. Like Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Ah! Oh, no. <laughs> what does he say when they when they when they say that? Ah, oh, he just oh. gets like, oh, oh, man, I was causing so much trouble. I having so much fun. Dang you, kids. Well, I was going to end it by singing the Deo song. But I figured my rendition of it would just be so bad that it, it wouldn't work. Dale, daylight, come and you want to go home. Come, Mister Tally Man, tally me bananas. That was a great scene. That 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 dinner scene. But I have trouble eating like shrimp cocktail now because I think it totally scarred me for life. Like I think the shrimp co- cocktail is going to come out of the bowl and like t- grab my face and tip me over on my back. <laughs> I'm so afraid of shrimp cocktail now, man, because of that movie. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Did you know Tim Burton initially didn't think that was going to be that great of a scene? Really? That's an that's the best scene. That's one of the best scenes in the movies. Well, that's the thing. It turned out to be one of the most memorable ones. But at first, he was a bit hesitant about it. He's like, ah, I don't know about this. I don't know his actual words, but basically, that was the thing. And then he shot it. It's like, a weird scene. Like, yeah. somehow, they're possessed by Calypso. <laughs> like, Calypso... <laughs> possesses them and they just have to sing that calypso song and then sing and dance and they're so happy afterward they got possessed by calypso and their shrimp cocktail attacked them and they're just they're so happy (laughs) that was so much oh because that was the one where the the two adam and uh what's her name do it right beetlejuice wasn't involved in that one that was before him right yeah and they thought this is it they're gonna go but they're so happy they're like we'll never get rid of these people no matter what (laughs) everything we do they just love because they're freaking weird yuppies and they love this whole thing <laughs> we'll never get rid of these people they're haunting our house and we're the dead ones <laughs> this sucks we're, we're dead and our life sucks <laughs> yeah our death sucks <laughs> <laughs>